Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. You know, sometimes it, it does us good to get out of the rut that we get in. Some people think if you don't sing three songs and, and then preach and then a small invitation, you're not worshiping the Lord. But I just felt led to do a little bit different this morning because this word that I've got is, is really one that has been burning in my spirit for the last several weeks. And I've just been seeking the Lord and uh, I thought last Sunday I'm going to get to release this word, and it just didn't work out. And so I've just been praying, God, when do you want me to release this word? And, and so I believe that today is the day. So we're going we're gonna to preach a little bit. This doesn't mean that I'm going to preach till 1230. So go ahead and relax and, and take a breath. And if you got a paper bag, go ahead and get it out. And All right, so... But I'm just going to share this word, and then the, the worship team is going to come back, and uh, we're going to worship, because I, I really believe today that God is calling some people to decision. And I, I, I think sometimes that it's important. Uh, you know, we don't, normally we don't make hard decisions until we're confronted with things. And so I want to bring this message to you this morning. If you will, stand with us and take your Bible and turn with me, please, uh, to the book of Judges. Judges. Uh, I'm going to read two verses in Judges chapter 14, and then I'm going to kind of uh, uh, set the stage for what I want to talk to you about this morning. Judges chapter 14 Look with me at verse 5. Judges chapter 14 and verse 5. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. I tell you what, let's look at, at verse 8 as well, and then I'll let you sit down. Judges chapter 14 and verse 8. And after a time... He returned to take her. And what this is talking about is that, that Samson went down to Timnath. Uh, he had seen a lady down there that he was interested in uh, to, to make his wife. So he took his father and mother down to meet this woman, which was a Philistine woman. And on his way down there, he met uh, a lion. The Bible says a lion came out and roared against him. Samson, with his hands, took the lion, slew the lion, and, and that was it. He didn't tell 
his mom and dad anything about what had happened. And so he went down, saw the lady, and now he's, he's going back home. And so now he's making another trip down to see this woman of Timnath. The Bible says that after a time he returned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them and they did eat. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. I want to bring a word this morning with a simple title, Don't Touch the Honey. Or you can say, Leave the Honey Alone. Father, we thank you today for your blessings. We thank you this morning for your word that is living and powerful. And Father, today, Lord, I pray this morning, I believe today that you are wanting to do something out of the ordinary. I believe today that this is a day that there are going to be people that are going to be challenged, God. There are going to be people that that are going to be... their attention is going to be arrested, Father. So, Lord, today uh, we give you ourselves this morning. I realize and confess my weaknesses and my frailties today. So, Holy Spirit, if you don't come, if you don't move, then we'll not be able to accomplish anything. So, Father, here I am, just a messenger, just a vessel. Fill us today. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, standing. Now I want to go back and backtrack because I want you to understand about Samson. The Bible says in chapter 13 of the book of Judges that uh, the children of Israel had... Did, had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And because of this, the Bible says that the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines. And as that took place, the Philistines came in and they began to abuse the children of Israel. They came in and began to afflict them uh, and, and laud over them, rule over them. Uh, with, uh, with task and, and all these things. And, and really, the children of Israel had, had come into a place of bondage because of the Philistines. The Bible says that God gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. <clears throat> and they afflicted them. So it was in the midst of this that the book of Judges Uh, came about. God began to raise up different men and even a woman uh, and and put them in the position of a judge and they began to judge the nation of Israel. And there were little little spurts of of time in that 40 years that 
that God would raise these men up and they would do great things and, and bring the children of Israel out of a place of bondage. But they would go right back into, into that bondage. The Bible says that, that one, of, one of the definitive marks of that time uh, in the book of Judges, one of the, one of the things that, that set that time period apart from all others was that it was a time that there was no king in Israel and the people did what was right in their own eyes. So I want you to understand that. That, that because there was no leadership, in other words, there was no godly leadership in the nation of Israel, everybody just did what they felt was right in their own eyes. You don't have the right to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. It looks good in my eyes, so that's what I'm going to do. Kind of reminds you of the culture that we're in today. Everybody's doing what they feel is right. If it feels good, then I'm going to do it. If it looks good, then I'm going to get it. It doesn't matter what, what the Bible says. It doesn't matter anything about if it. If it feels good, that's what I'm going to do. And so that time period was... Uh, defined by that attitude but the Bible says that in the middle of that time in Judges 13 that there was a there was a man and a woman uh, and lived in a little town called Zorah and that the woman was barren she was not able to bring forth a child she had been barren and and so but to make a long story short, the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared uh, to them and, and basically said, look, you are barren. You've not been able to bring forth a child, but God's going to bless you. You're going to bring forth a son, and, and he's going to be a Nazarite from his mother's womb. And the Bible says that about this Nazarite, that the, the angel of the Lord spoke to this woman which was Samson's mother, and told her this in verse 3, uh, that the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold now, you are barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, nor any unclean thing. So this Nazarite uh, child that she was to bear uh, she had to uh, bring herself into a place of, of submission to God uh, in order to bring forth this child. Samson was born a Nazarite. You say, well, Pastor, what is a Nazarite? A Nazarite, Jesus was a Nazarite. There are many Nazarites throughout the Bible. So what is a Nazarite? A Nazarite was one. Three things about them. They were not supposed to drink any wine or strong drink. They were never supposed to touch any dead thing. And they were, as long as they were under the Nazarite vow, they were never to cut their hair. Samson, John the Baptist was a Nazarite, by the way. Samson, being born a Nazarite, was born for a lifetime, he was under this Nazarite vow. The Bible tells us in the last part of, of Samson's life that he had seven locks of hair. 
In other words, he was never supposed to cut his hair. Many people think that's where dreadlocks came from. It's, it's from this, this uh, Nazarite vow. So Samson was born a Nazarite. He was under this vow. He was to never drink any strong drink. He was to never touch anything that was dead. He was never to cut his hair. All right? So here's the thing. The Bible says that Samson was born and that the Spirit of God began to stir Samson at, at uh, different times. That in his hometown, apparently, it was a, it was a home base or a, a military base for the Philistine army. And the, the Bible says that there were times that, that Samson would be there. And in the last few verses of uh, uh, chapter 13, that the Spirit of the Lord, uh, in verse 25 as a matter of fact, that the Spirit of the Lord began to move on Samson at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. So what I picture is, and, and, and I, I'm just kind of building a, a, a base here for what I want to say, is that, that Samson was, was specifically called by God. God had a specific purpose and plan for Samson. And uh, while Samson uh, was a young man, there would be times that he would be out in his community and undoubtedly he would see the abuse that the Philistines were, were uh, putting against the children of Israel. And the Bible says that when that would happen, that the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him, began to move him. And I want to tell you this morning that, that I know that some of you are going to sit and you're just going to listen to this this morning. And, and this is not going to be something that, that is going to hit you. But I am speaking to some individuals, specific people this morning. You might not be sitting here in this building today, but you're listening to me on a live stream today. And I'm telling you this morning that God has called you with a specific purpose. God has God has called you. He has pulled you out of a barren place, out of a place that was not able to bring forth fruit. You shouldn't be here today, but God supernaturally brought you out of a barren womb and put you in a place today. And God has sent me here this morning to tell you that you need to leave the honey alone. The Bible says that, that God began to move on Samson as a young man, as a young, maybe even a teenager, that God began to move him. The Spirit of God began to stir him. What is that saying? That is saying to us today that there are some that I'm talking to this morning and you live your life and you go about doing your daily thing. But there are things that you look at on Facebook and there are things that you hear on the news. And when you hear those things or when you see those things, a righteous anger begins to rise up in you. You don't even understand why it is. Why does this bother me? 
Why does it bother me when I hear of millions and millions of babies being aborted on a yearly basis in the United States? Why does that bother me? Why does it bother me when I see families being destroyed by drugs and alcohol? Why can't I just go on and live my life? Why am I bothered by that? Why does that frustrate me? Why is it that I've got such a burden for young people when I see them headed down a bad road and and something in me uh, begins to stir? Why is that? And we could go on and on and on, and, 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 and you, you're feeling these emotions in you, and you don't even understand, you don't really understand about a call of God. But you know that these things stir you. can't just go on and live your life because you, you see certain things and, and when you see them you have a passion and a burden to do something about it and you don't understand why. Can I tell you something this morning? Perhaps more than likely that is a call of God that God is stirring you. You will never be able to win battles and to see people set free until you have a passion to get them out of the mess that you find them in. If you're in ministry because you like that check every week, then friend, you will never get anybody out of bondage. But if you are in ministry and your heart breaks when you see sin and all this taking place, and your heart breaks when you hear of a young person that has died or committed suicide, and you think, man, what if I could have been there? Could I have helped them? Could I have saved them? Then ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that is exactly the person that God is looking for. Somebody that will not only hear the stirring of the Spirit in them, but will respond to it. See, I I know that this is kind of hard because I know that I'm plowing in hard ground. But I know that God has spoke this word to me. Because in the hour that we're living in today, we have got to get out of the ordinary of church. We have got to understand that that a hand-clapping, shouting service does not move our community. We've got to recognize that God is wanting to do something more beyond us. i got to be careful that I don't use this whole hour and a half to preach, so help me, okay? But the Bible says that God began to stir Samson. It was the the baby stages of of a call of God on Samson's life. And the Bible says that there came this day that that Samson, uh, undoubtedly visiting with the Philistines, saw this woman of Timnath, and he said uh, to his father and his mother, he said, I've seen this woman, I want her. Remember what I said a while ago, that this was a time period that was defined by this is what I see, this is what I want, I'm going to do it whether you like it or not. Samson said, I saw this woman down in Timnath, I want her, get her for me. 
And so he finds himself on the way down to Timnath with his mom and dad, and he meets up with this lion. The Bible says that Samson took the lion by his bare hands and slew this lion. All right? Remember, there's another story in the book of 1 Samuel of a man named David that, that also slew a lion and bear when it was trying to destroy his father's sheep. So what we're seeing here is that, that God is taking uh, Samson step by step, bringing him into a divine calling. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him, the anointing. Let me share this with you right now. Samson was not supposed to drink any strong drink. Why? I believe it was because that God was saying, I don't want you to be affected by any stimulant other than my spirit. I want you to have a sound mind. I want you to have a mind that is open to my word and open to the leading of my spirit. I don't want you to have a mind that is contaminated by the things of this world and moved by the artificial stimulants that this world offers. So stay away from the strong drink. Then he said, I don't want you to touch any dead thing because that dead thing would defile the spirit. It would grieve the working of God's Spirit. If there's ever a time in our culture, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to recognize that the, the anointing of God, the working of Holy Spirit, still desires to move on individuals inside the body of Christ. It is not just a preacher thing. It is, it is the truck driver, it is the, the factory worker, it is the, the Walmart worker, it is the CEO and the CFO that's working in an office somewhere that God is saying, I want my Holy Spirit to be able to work in your life and to move in your life. It is the housewife that sits at home and watches babies all day and changes diapers that God is saying, I want to do something through you, but I can only do it by the empowerment of my spirit. We need to get away from this religious idea that, that well, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything to all that Holy Ghost stuff and, and all that speaking in tongues and, and all that stuff. You don't have to pay any attention to me. Just go ahead and write this down in your little book right now. That there is coming a time, if you have not already reached it, there is going to be a time that you're going to lay down all these religious rules and guidelines that people have put in your life, and you're going to recognize, I need the work of Holy Spirit to take place in my life. I need a move of Holy Ghost in my life. If he can break the yoke of bondage, I need him. If he, listen. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, I'm going to send him back to you as a comforter. Meaning that when all hell is breaking loose in your life, Holy Spirit's right there saying, it's going to be all right. 
I know that I know it don't look too good right now, but I'm I'm your comforter. I'm, and I'm just telling you, it's gonna be all right. Jesus sent him back as one that would reveal truth to us. In other words, when you're in a situation and people are pressuring you to do something and you don't know which way to go, Holy Spirit says, hey, hey, right here, look, look at me. This is the way you go. Listen, I love to shout and I love to jump and I love to dance and all that and, and I pray in tongues uh, every day, many times a day, and I do all that. But listen, I understand that the reason I have Holy Spirit on the inside of me is that there are times I need the comfort, I need the revelation, I need the conviction to come in my life because I don't always head down the road I need to and sometimes I need Holy Spirit to bring that conviction. But I've got to understand that the command that God gave to Samson, don't drink this, don't touch that, affects my hair. You see, because the Nazarite had a hair vow. So I want you to understand that we don't see it until the last part of the book of uh, the story of Samson in uh, chapter 15. We don't see it, but in that last few moments of his life, or few days of his life, that is the only time that his hair was ever affected by what he touched and what he drank was the impetus that was leading him to the loss of his hair. So Samson goes down. He sees this lion. He slays the lion. He kills the lion. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Can I tell you this? That the anointing, the anointing, is what I want you to get out of this story that Samson was supernaturally anointed. He was supernaturally empowered by the Spirit of God. It is that same Spirit. Remember what we've talked about? The Old Testament is a shadow of what happens in the New Testament. God gave the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. He gave it to his disciples. He told them, he said, before you go preach, before you go uh, sign a, a contract for a record deal, before you go out and plan a revival or a crusade, before you write your first book or create your first CD series, he said, before you do all of that, before you do a miracle or anything like this, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and, and tarry there until you're endued with power from on high. And I'm going to leave that and come back. 
So Samson kills this lion. That's exactly what God wanted. God was working in him. He was, he was moving him into a place that he could be used in greater ways. And it was awesome. Man, what a victory that this, this man could take a lion and, and with his bare hands rip him apart and kill the lion. That was awesome. Punch your neighbor and say, wake up. That was awesome. And so we pick up that where he's coming back now. And he's going down the same road. And the Bible says that, that when he returned down this same road, that he turned aside to see the carcass of a victory that God had gave him earlier. But when he got to the carcass, he noticed that a hive of bees or swarm of bees had made honey in the carcass of the lion. I want you to catch this. Honey in the dead carcass of a lion. Honey in the dead carcass of a lion. Honey in the carcass of a rotting lion. One of the things of the Nazarite vow was do not touch any dead thing. Honey in the carcass of the lion. Leave the honey alone. This is the first thing that Samson did that went against and disregarded the, the Nazarite vow that was on his life. Here's the thing. <clears throat> the enemy <clears throat> is always trying to get us to revisit places or things or people that God has defeated in our lives. The enemy knows that if Samson had walked and looked at that lion and it was nothing but a dead carcass, the enemy knew that Samson would have never paid it a second glance. He would have gone on and rejoiced in the fact that God had given him victory over this lion. But I am talking to people today that things that God has defeated in your life, that God has brought under submission to the authority of his spirit in your life, that, that you have gone back to those things and you have found honey there and now what is going on is that you are, are revisiting those places that God said, I have defeated that area in your life. In other words, if you're not careful, you will find yourself gaining satisfaction from the very thing that you fought a battle with years ago and God defeated that thing.
the enemy will always bring honey into your life to get you to put your hands to something that you normally would not touch. I know I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody this morning. And I'm telling you today that you look in the mirror, and when you look in the mirror, you see an, a messed up individual. You see a, an individual that you think has gone too far to ever come back. But I am telling you today, you listen, you need to leave the honey alone. Because the thing that you're touching is the thing that God is wanting to, to get you out of and free you in your life. Boy, it is quiet in here. I wish y'all could preach this. You see, Dan, Samson put his hand in the dead body of a lion and pull some honey out to chew on. It doesn't look like much to you and I, but the fact is that it broke the covenant that God had placed upon his life. You see, and what's, what's happening in our culture today is the enemy knows that there are things that we would never touch. But he'll put honey there to draw us in. Remember Achan? God destroyed the walls of Jericho. The walls of Jericho fell down flat. Great victory. The armies of Israel never had to put their hands to anybody or anything all they had to do was be obedient to God and God won the battle he fought the battle for them and the walls fell down but there was one man there that God that that the enemy put some honey in there and the honey was in the form of a few garments a little wedge of of metal and things like that that drew his attention And you say, oh, that wasn't such a big deal. That's what he thought too. He, Achan didn't think it was a big deal because I decided to get those garments and, and that little wedge of, of uh, precious metal. Nobody's going to know about it. Nobody saw me do it so I can do it and get away with it. But what Achan didn't recognize was that God was watching and what he didn't know was that by doing that, he was going to bring a reproach on the whole nation. So here's the thing. God's got a plan for your life. He brought you out of something that was never supposed to yield fruit, but yet he brought you out. He put an anointing on your life. He put a call on your life. He's given you a plan, given you a purpose. Can I tell you something this morning? You didn't get your purpose 
by listening to this message or you won't get it, but you were born with purpose. You were born with purpose. Let me read you this. In, in the book of, I think it's Psalm 139. Can you put Psalm 139 verse 1 up on the board? Can you give me Psalm 139? Here we go. Psalm 139 and verse 1 says this. <laughs> o Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful me for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. I want you to notice something here. David is writing this psalm. And he says, God, you know every thought that goes through my mind. God, you, you have searched me. You know everything about me. You know my coming in, my going out, my lying down, and my getting up. God, you know everything about me. He said, God, when I try to get away from you, everywhere I go, you're there. If, if, I, if I try to take wings and fly away and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, he said, God, you're right there. You're with me. He said, if I try to make my bed in hell, God, he said, you're right there with me. Why is this? Why was David stating this and why was he saying this? Listen, we're the same way. God's got a plan and, and, and those of us that, that, uh, that God's got a plan for your life, that is the reason everywhere you go, you're running into God. And you've asked yourself the question, why? 
God, why is this? Why, why are you still dealing with me? Why, God, are you asking me to do something that is beyond my ability? God, why are you calling me and, and uh, moving me in this direction? It is because, ladies and gentlemen, that you were born with purpose. God gave you your purpose before your mom and daddy ever laid eyes on you. God had a plan for your life before you were ever born and breathed your first breath of air in this world. God had a plan for you. Listen as we go on down that David said this. He said, God, you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. In verse 15 he said, For my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none. So what that is saying, that is saying that every child that is aborted, God said, I already know them. God said, I've, I am the one who knit them together in their mother's womb. God said, I have got divine purpose for that child. Take it to yourself that, that before, while you were in your mother's womb, still forming and being knit together, that God said, I've got a plan. It is no different than, than Samson's mother that was barren, that God said, you are going to conceive and you are going to bear a son and he is going to be the beginning of delivering my people out of bondage. And I believe that today, that I don't know who it is, but I'm talking to somebody and, and listen, listen to what I'm saying. God's got a plan for you. You didn't just stop by here today just because you thought it was a good thing to do. And, and you didn't just turn your computer on this morning or your iPhone and listen to this message just because it's a good thing to do. There's a reason for it, sir. There's a reason for it, ma'am. Because God is calling young men and young ladies and old men and old women uh, to rise up in this hour and to recognize there's an anointing of the Holy Ghost that is in you, but you've been playing with the honey and the honey has robbed you of your anointing but God is saying I want to use you anyway listen sister Sandy you guys go ahead and come so understand this morning that our culture and the people that we're around things that that 
uh, that we put our hands to, things that we touch, the things that we participate in. Might not look big, they might look innocent. But it's nothing any different than when Samson put his hand into the carcass of a dead lion to get the honey. The enemy is robbing us of our children, robbing us of, of people that we care about. And we don't understand what's going on. We don't understand, God, why can't I reach them? And God is reminding the church and he's reminding people today, leave the honey alone. Because the honey has contaminated the honey has grieved the working of God's Spirit. You see, Samson went on. And he continued to do great things for God. He picked the, the gates of a city up off their hinges and walked away with them. He slew over th thousands of Philistines with a, the jawbone of a donkey. But here's something that was lacking in Samson's life. If you read the story of Samson in Judges 13 through 15, there were only two times in that story where Samson called on the name of God. In other words, there was no worship in Samson's life. He had the power, but he didn't have worship. The first time that Samson called on the name of the Lord was when he had taken the jawbone of a donkey and slew about a thousand Philistines or more. And when he got through slaying those Philistines, he was about to have a heat stroke. He was thirsty. The Bible says that he threw the jawbone to the side and he said, God, basically what he said is, God, I have slain the enemy. Now are you going to let me die of thirst? The Bible says that God supernaturally claved a hollow, a hole out in that jawbone, and water came out of it. Samson's life is defined as one who he did it his way, he lived like he wanted to live, what his eyes saw, that's what he got. He had the power, he had the anointing on his life, but what he didn't recognize was that when he took the honey out of the dead body of a lion, he stepped on a sl slippery slope. And he started sliding. And he started getting further and further away from God. He started getting closer and closer to losing the anointing. You see, <clears throat> could it be that that's what we're seeing in our nation? 
Could it be that we're seeing our nation and we're seeing how people have tasted of the honey when God said, leave it alone? And we said, oh, it don't matter. It's no big thing. And then Samson met this woman named Delilah. See, he had been conditioned in his mind for a Delilah. I want you to think about it. I know I'm skipping over so much. Samson had been conditioned in his mind for Delilah. That is the reason that after three times when she was trying to get the secret of his anointing, he never recognized it. He never saw it. He never saw it coming. And I've often asked myself the question, are you a dummy? Don't you see that this woman is not, doesn't care about you? That she's only wanting to know the source of your anointing? So that's what the devil wants to do, ladies and gentlemen, is rob the church of her anointing. The devil doesn't care how many times you go to church as long as you sit there and never make a difference in anybody's life. As long as you don't have worship. But, but what Samson didn't recognize that he had been lulled to sleep ever since the day he put his hand to that lion's carcass and took the honey and he had been conditioned to meet Delilah. And Brother Ronnie, when he met Delilah, even though he was the strongest man on the planet at that time, she handled him like a little puppy. She manipulated, she seduced. Why? Wow. Why is it that in the last days, when the Antichrist, right before he comes up, which is now, the church begins to follow all kinds of heresies? And things like that. People begin to follow. I read the other day that somebody said getting the vaccine was the mark of the beast. No, it ain't. Where'd you, you get that from? I'm talking to that guy on YouTube. I ain't talking to you. You lost your mind. But all these things are coming up. And, 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 and we've been tasting of the honey. We've been putting our hands in the honey. And we said it tastes good, so it's got to be right. And, and we don't recognize that we've been conditioned Judy and I talk about this a lot because our children, especially our older daughters, 
will look at, at Braley and said, you watched what? We were never allowed to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But you know what? It's because me and Mama, over the years, got a little bit more laxed here and a little bit more laxed there. But Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, leave the honey alone. So when they come up and say, hey, Pop, can we watch Harry Potter? Absolutely not. Why? Because it's witchcraft. I lost probably a quarter of you right there. But we're playing with honey. What we don't realize is that the things that I've allowed my children to watch, what we've allowed them to watch, has conditioned them to think like they think now. What Samson didn't know is that because he tasted of the honey, nothing wrong with honey, is it? It's some good stuff. I use a little bit nearly every day. Good stuff. But it's where it's located that gets us messed up. It's what it's connected to that gets us messed up. And now, Samson's laying with his head in Delilah's lap. And she's stroking his ego while the barber is giving him a haircut. Seven locks of hair taken from off of him. And then, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this, this day will come in all of our lives. Here's the thing. Samson, Samson, get up. The enemy's here. The Philistine is here. Get up. Samson jumps up. And I can see him flex his muscles like a rock does on TV. Like I could do it if I didn't have my coat on. But he gets up and he flexes his muscles and he said, where are they? Let me get at them. And he runs out. But one thing is different now from the other times before. Samson runs out, shakes himself, begins to engage the enemy, but he realizes he doesn't have the anointing anymore. And then he begins to, what happened to my hair? He's gotten a haircut. He's lost the anointing. He's lost that that set him apart from all others. Church, it is not your Baptist, your Methodist, your Catholic, your Presbyterian, your Charismatic. It is not that that sets you apart 
from the world. It is the anointing of God on your life. The Bible says this, that we have been given a treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not, a, not of us. That word excellency of the power simply means that we have a treasure in us. It is a power that supersedes mine and your ability. It is an anointing that goes beyond my ability to do things. Guys, y'all go ahead and sing. If y'all don't sing, I'm going to keep on preaching. All right, let's worship. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And as they begin to worship, I want you to ask yourself the question, am I Samson? Am I being slowly lulled to sleep by things that, that look good, taste good, smell good, but they're not good? So as they worship this morning, I want you to think about that. This altar is open because I believe this is a time that God is saying, I'm raising up young men, young ladies. I'm anointing them with a special anointing.